everybody, and welcome to episode 86 of the Flex Depose podcast. I am Jason Lacey, and I am flying solo this evening. Yes, uh, Lucas had something. A few things come up last minute, and uh, I was not successfully able to pull from the Twitter sphere for a replacement. So I thought, you know, the last time I did this solo was a little rocky, and I felt uh, I felt confident to do things again. So, uh, yeah. That's what I'm doing tonight. It's episode 86, and I'm going to try not to butcher things for you. So let's enjoy the ride. I am recording, uh, this is Monday, the 26th of October, uh, 2015. And before I get uh, too far into things here, I intended to have this already pulled up and be ready for it. But I noticed, as I'm not too apt to uh, catch things, um, yeah, we had a few reviews that... uh, came up in August, so let's see here what we got, because I'm going to get a chance to, to thank these people for uh, for what for the awesomeness that they shared, so I'm pulling up a Flexibles right now on the iTunes store, and let's go to uh, ratings and reviews, so I just want to give a quick shout out to those, those users, uh, we had, I know we caught Denny, so we had um, Cray Ambler, Draven03, and... Uh, Platysaurus all give us uh, five-star reviews in the month of August. So that is awesome. And, uh, yeah, definitely thank you for taking the time to give us a review. Uh, please, please, if anyone else is interested, we would love to have it. And also, right before we get into the meat of the show, Extra Life is coming up. We're down to the the last couple of weeks before the big push until uh, November 7th is that main uh, streaming day. I think Lucas and I are going to try to team up and do a couple things together, but I, I know I'm not going to try to do a 24-hour stream. I know I don't have that in me, and it doesn't look uh, doesn't look like I've I, I just I don't want to do it. <laughs> but uh, my personal goal of 250, I'm almost to 200 dollars, so I'm closing on that goal. Uh, you know, I definitely understand budgets and things like that, but any any little bit goes a long way. You know, it's helping. Helping sick kids, which is an awesome thing, and uh, if, if you haven't done donated and would like to, uh, please do. You can uh, check out the team page, uh, Good for Gaming, that I'm a part of at tiny.cc/g, or uh, my personal page is tiny.cc/extrajason. So uh, feel free to check that out, and uh, definitely a large amount of thanks if you do. And uh, with that, let's uh, we're gearing up for Halloween. Let's do uh, some what you playing. So in this case, what have I been playing? Uh, yeah, you know, it was all right. Well, let's talk about this. As it's probably been discussed a lot in other shows you're listening to, um, we kind of got into it a little bit. The there was the episode seven newest trailer during Monday Night Football last week. And honestly, at, upon that first viewing, I was kind of like, I, I wasn't like fanboying out afterwards. You know, I was kind of like, all right. And then after more, because then I proceeded to watch it, you know, on repeat like three times on YouTube. And after that point, I'm just, then I was more, you know, caught up in things. I'm much more, I'm really ready for this. Um, it feels like, I don't know if it's just the difference the internet era plays. But 
I remember, you know, being a freshman in high school with episode one and just like, I was excited because it was Star Wars, but not like this. This feels like, you know, like an old friend that you haven't seen in like all these years or being reunited with. I, that's, I guess, how it feels for me. I'm just so excited about this. So uh, I really like that with this trailer, they haven't given away any plot. You know, I still, you still don't really know what this movie's about. You've got some. You know, people are trying to draw conclusions like, oh, I've heard that Kylo Ren is actually Luke or Luke's going to be, you know, the dark side or why haven't we seen Luke? And then, you know, is Daisy Ridley's character Rey? Who is she? Is she related to the Solos? Is she related to the Skywalkers? There's all these speculations and things like that. So I can't wait to finally watch the film in, uh, you know, just about a month and a half and then, you know, have all these questions answered. So, uh, you know, Lucas and I are both big fans of Star Wars, so we will definitely be looking forward to that. As well as, you know, we have Battlefront coming out here soon. So many things to help tide us over until then. But let's let's go into what you plan for myself. And, you know, it, it really, uh, for me, there wasn't a whole lot that I that I've done this week. I know, shocking. Um, shocking that that would be the case. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of like one of those low consum- consumptions for me in terms of, like, video games. Uh, when I had some downtime, I picked up uh, The Wonderful 101 again. I'm through Mission 5, so I'm, you know, past the halfway point. Same things we expect from Platinum Games that I've talked about in the past. The large, over-the-top bosses, humor some convolutedness, but, you know, it's a fun game. My biggest complaint with that, though, is, like, when you're playing it, they have the game, they use, like, they, like, really overuse the vibration feature on the gamepad, and to the point, like, during cutscenes and stuff, it's just constantly vibrating. Like, constantly, and it's just, it's really annoying. It really takes away from that as a uh, enhancement of, you know, the game, and it's really an annoyance. I know I can probably toggle it off, but just kind of a bizarre setting and uh beyond that uh not much else we as we briefly mentioned we are taking part in the uh as the the shoot up the podcast from dadshideout.com uh the dad's getting grounded podcast has done um you know they sponsored over the summer a couple tournaments and we got in on this one uh they have a rocket league tournament going on right now uh we're in the second week i'm not sure if all teams got their first week matchup in or not yet but uh uh, we played uh, Gamers in Beta in round one, and we had a couple really close matches, and then uh, the third match, not so much, but uh, so we took the first round uh, two games to one, so we were advancing, and it looks like we are going to be playing uh, Everyday Gamers in the round two after the, I, I, I briefly looked at uh, some scores, and those those guys put up some points, so... Um, Lucas and I are very rusty in Rocket League, so it should be interesting. Another way, it's just fun to play again. Lucas had made the comment to me that, you know, it made him realize, like, how much he misses playing, like, organized games like that, but not that he has the time to participate in anything like that whatsoever now, and I I totally can identify with that, and I feel the same way, like, you know, coming from playing uh, Wolfenstein competitively and a few other games. It's it's a different experience uh, doing something like that, so... It definitely scratched that same itch for me as well, just to, to play in something like that, where you know the stakes are just a little bit higher than normal, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I think we, we had a lot of fun, and it was good to play Rocket League again. And I forgot just how much uh, how much fun that game was with the you know the presentation, the music. So, looking forward to uh, getting into that again with them, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted as things go on. 
and that's that's really it for what you playing. I mean, not a lot of movie watching, not a not a lot of anything going on this past week. I you know nothing to report. So uh, let's not wait. Let's not dwell on the sadness there. Let's let's jump right into it and let's move right on into the news. <laughs> All right, so for once, I actually uh, paid attention to things going on this week. So we're starting off with some games. And this came out like a little bit ago, but I thought it was fitting for this podcast to touch on it. There is an official Fallout beer that's, you know, being released uh, in conjunction and about uh, with Fallout 4 and the new game in the series. So (laughs) let me see here. It's a partnership with Carlsberg. It's called Fallout Beer. It's currently available for pre-order on the Amazon UK because uh, you can apparently purchase beer uh, booze over the web there. And uh, it's what someone sent me here: Hermes Green Tea Liqueur. Like I think that's just what the author. This is a uh, destructive article I'm piecing through here. Uh, so it's a light-colored Pilsner Lager with a refreshingly zesty, hoppy taste and a floral aroma. And what? Only four percent ABV. So it's going to be really light, really drinkable. Um, I feel like you just got to try it for, uh, for the sake of trying it. So being this, what this podcast is about is largely games and we are obviously beer fans and advocates. So there you go. Fallout beer. I'd, I'd be interested to, uh, try to get my hands on some, uh, as an offshoot, we are still editing uh, the battle of the beer episodes that we've shot. Uh, we are hoping to have our one with a little holiday pumpkin theme that will be out in time for you ghouls and ghosts to enjoy on, on Halloween on Saturday. So um, Lucas has got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of his plate at anyway, so he'll get those knocked out. Uh, back to the Fallout beer, though. I, I guess it could go either way, you know, something like that with the marketing or a tie-in. But um, I'm not sure if I've had anything from Carlsberg before, but, I mean, I definitely would want to try it. Uh, moving along, I – okay, I've, I've seen headlines on this, and I haven't done – a whole bunch of reading besides knowing that people are upset about it, but apparently um, Payday 2, there's been a lot of micro transaction introduced into this game. I, I stopped, I've stopped playing Payday 2, oh gosh, like nine months ago, ten a year ago, I don't remember. We had a quasi-regular group that would play it, but uh, apparently Overkill, which is the studio um, that despite saying back in 2013 that it didn't intend to do so, there's now a new update that allows users to purchase drills with real money in order to unlock crates in the game. And um, there's a big outcry from the community, and then they, they pulled that to an extent. The drills can still be purchased, but players now can acquire them without spending money through card loot drop rewards. And I believe there were some other issues like that too. But, I mean, the main thing is the, the devs had said that they weren't ever going to do something like that, and then they come along and then the opposite you know uh it looks like there was an uh overnight ama on reddit and i'm just going to quote some of the uh the lines here from the article uh two and a half years ago during development of payday 2 and in the build-up for its release myself and then game director david goldfarb said there would be no micro microtransactions in payday 2 at the time there were games that were released with in-game microtransaction systems at launch players were asked to pay for the full game and then continue to spend money directly after the initial release at the time, Payday 2 featured a relatively advanced weapon modification system where players for in-game money could buy, sell, and modify weapons, masks, and modifications. When we discussed with the, when we discussed this with people, we'd receive a ton of questions regarding whether or not it was microtransactions or not in our game too. 
uh, to make sure there was no confusion, we said that we did not make – we did not – let me try this again. To make sure there was no confusion, we said what we did to make things absolutely clear. If you asked me then, there would be no way we would have added a system like we just did. Uh, so, yeah, things have changed since then. Um, I don't know. It, this is just a, a trend that we're really seeing troubling, you know, um, especially, I mean, look at the Eastern markets. Most of their, you know, where all these crazy MMOs happen all the time. Most of them are, a lot of them are free to play with microtransactions, and we're seeing more more games that will launch fully and have microtransactions. And, I, you know, as, as, I mean, let's face it, the, the games are a business too. I mean, yes, they're entertainment for us, but it's also, you know, a business and about making money for the studios involved. So it's just... Like we've talked about this, it's upsetting when it, the microtransactions or what's you know it's gating the content that already shipped on the disc, or you're, when you're giving uh, players an advantage by paying money. You know, it's and that's neither here nor, nor there. I think the issue we're having here is now when you have a developer saying they won't ever do something like that, and now we're going to do it, and that's just the. It's going to keep me away from your game for the remainder of its cycle, and it would really make me think twice about purchasing a future entry in that said series when something like that's taking place. I know there's probably more to this, but I've got some more news articles I'd like to at least touch on and rather than dwell on payday. Resurrecting Darth Maul. This comes from uh, Nintendo Life, and I read there was a, a game that was in development uh, by a studio by Redfly Studio, and they had made a single-player Darth Maul game that was apparently quite very far along. It had a lot of good things going for it, and then that's when the whole Disney merger, shut, the shuttering of LucasArts, all that took place, so the game was scrapped. Um, and it was about a year ago that this uh, that this came like to light. I believe when the, the, the some of the screenshots and things like that for this game. So uh, Redfly Studio is also porting two of the Force Unleashed games to the Wii, and then um, they were working on this Darth Maul game too. And it was going to flesh out more of his backstory. And they said, you know, it would really borrow from the Batman Arkham games. And then, you know, LucasArts fell apart. But uh, this is a quote from uh, Dan Borth, who is a developer at Redfly, and you know, again, he did a Reddit uh, AMA. And regarding the Darth Maul game, and he says that they're currently trying to resurrect the project, and they're getting very close to having something that they can pitch to EA. Uh, and it looks like a quote from his uh, AMA here. We have been burning a candle for this game since it was killed in hopes we can get it turned back on again. If that is to happen, we need to approach EA with a demo that will impress them. I think we had that or are close to it. Still, it is completely not up to us. Uh, let's see, what, continuing, it looks like this game be made for multiple platforms, if it's greenlit, uh, if it was in production for the Wii U at one point, it's certainly possible that the Wii U could be, would be included at the fresh run of this game, I doubt that's going to happen now, but, um, here's another quote he had from it, sure, it's a good idea, but it's all up to the IP holder, they are usually against it because it doesn't fund if it will hurt the IP brand, they are usually for it when they are more concerned about the money. There's already millions into the game. A crowdfunding effort could put more in, and then hopefully the risk will be lower enough for them to greenlight the game. Are we still interested enough in Darth Maul for that to happen? Um, you know, is it going to go along with like you know 
the son of Dathomir storyline? Is it going to be unrelated? And there's a lot of things here that uh, kind of muck things up a bit. And, you know, Darth Maul is one of those intriguing characters that, you know, uh, that's my biggest problem with the prequels. We have these really cool characters that are introduced and showcased, and then they quickly make an exit. Darth Maul, uh, Jango Fett, General Grievous. I mean, are we going to see the same? Is Kylo Ren going to get the same treatment? You know, he's already been hyped up and made to be this cool-looking villain. Is he going to just get axed off as simp- quickly as Maul was? I don't know. Um, Pandemic Legacy. So, you know, we're board game fans here, and Pandemics, I've, I've had the pleasure of only playing in digital form uh, it's a cooperative board game where you are you're playing against the board and you are trying to prevent a global pandemic of spreading across the you know the map um, you have different types of diseases that uh, can spread uh, and so you're raced to try to cure you know can contain the the, the the sicknesses from spreading researching cures and then eradicating them before they destroy the globe so this is been worked on by the uh, creator of risk legacy um rob daviao who's a tabletop designer so we worked on a lot of those variants and then you know he he had left hasbro and he's uh gone up ending he's teamed with matt uh leacock who's a designer of another who originally designed pandemic so they're creating pandemic legacy um, and I haven't read too much about it because in this uh, Polygon review, it talked about spoilers, and I didn't really want to get into that because I really think it was something um, interesting that I would like to check out. So um, let me see if I can play, if I can look into here. Because like the headline here is even the same too. You have exactly 12 months to play one of the year's best board games. So I'm not... Ah... <sighs> I should have thought this out better, but in the sake of spoilers, I don't want to. I don't want to cheat it myself, so I'm not going to go into this article. But um, if you've never played Pandemic, this would be like the perfect way to do it. Why don't you jump in with Pandemic Legacy rather than you know the Pandemic and then some of the expansions? So it's a really it's very difficult. It can be a very unforgiving game, and it's cooperative. So that's you know it's a good way to introduce player. I find newer players into some of the more designer board games with uh when it's a co-op setting and not uh competitive so check it out and uh moving on uh looks like battle battle net yeah, blizzard's working on a voice chat system for it and this is kind of going on with uh you know the overwatch beta that's coming out and it looks like starting off it's only going to work uh within overwatch but uh this is going on with the Overwatch blog, so that Battle.net voice chat will launch as part of the Overwatch beta and that it's still in early development and testing stages. Uh, it makes it cl- the post made it clear for now that the Battle.net voice chat is only available to use within Overwatch beta, and it's too early to say what other Blizzard games would get that support. If uh, Origin can have a voice chat, I would hope, certainly hope Blizzard could have something working. Uh, spoiler, the Origin one wasn't that great, so... Uh, just makes sense that uh, Battle.net will be able to do the same. You know, Steam has a voice chat. Um, but personally, I'm still always going to go to a third party. Uh, you know, Ventrilo in the past, TeamSpeak, Mumble, and now, you know, Discord's my go-to just because it's so easy to use. So that's cool to see um, that that's going to be running with Battle.net. I'm looking forward to trying the Overwatch beta. I mean, yeah, I'll try the the chat out as well when the time comes. 
And the, the last piece of gaming news I have, I saw this headline, and it just seemed intriguing. This is a new uh, first-person shooter that I believe is going on. It's on Steam Greenlight currently. It's called One Life. And its big kicker is here. I'm just going to read the quote here. Uh, One Life is the first multiplayer survival game with perma, permadeath. If you die, you will leave the game forever. Will you manage to survive in this harsh world full of dangers? Upgrade your battle truck and set off for hot spots with friends. Play with your own rules, but remember, your every move can be the last one. So, like, when you die in the game, you'll get kicked out of it, and you're actually unable to launch it from Steam. That it's The play on the launcher is going to be grayed out. Now, are there going to be ways for people to hack around that? Probably, but I, it's still a really interesting concept, so... That's the downside, too. I mean, are you paying for something you're only going to have to play the one time? Or is it going to have, um, you know, like a uh, like a season system where after you die, you know, you have to wait until the, the seasons or, you know, until a reset takes place and then, you know, you can get back into the game? Um, that's more how I'd like to see the take on it. But uh, apparently you're not you're not exactly dead when you're when you die. You're you're down you're wounded you know and players can either finish you off or they can like help you you know like help resurrect you so at that point you know after you've been completely down that then you're eliminated um let's see game developers are are, are however aware that players don't love the idea of plunking down ten dollars only to lose their heads in 10 seconds they claim you have a lot of control over where and how you start the game beyond that they advise that you find friends and play conservatively so Kind of interesting. I haven't checked it out since I first saw it. Uh, let's see if I go to green light real quick. We'll see if it's got votes. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are looking at uh, One Life. Uh, it's still up for vote there. So has not uh, been green lit. Has not not been green lit. So just kind of an interesting mechanic I thought of that should be interesting to see how it, play, it plays out and. I'll say interesting one more time for the sake of it. And, uh, yeah, that gets us through the the game news. So how about uh, a little break and let's do uh, some music. So since uh, Hyrule, well, not Hyrule, excuse me, Triforce Heroes was released uh, last week for the 3DS, I thought, you know, why don't we revisit uh, a Zelda Zelda game, something from the Zelda series. So I was really surprised we haven't featured anything from A Link to the Past yet, so that's what we're pulling from. Uh, This is, like I said, Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past, released in 1991 for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, We're pulling the uh, Dark World theme. This is called Dark World Jazz. Uh, Remixer is Gux, G-U-X. And, uh, yeah, you can find this over at OverclockedRemix, OCRemix.org, where you can find... This exact remix and so many, many more. So again, this is Gux and this is Dark World Jazz.
Sonic completes, we've now had uh, Dark World Jazz, we've had um, a Mario Jazz, and we had a Mega Man Jazz. So got to keep that. You got to keep the balance there. Keep it going. Uh, I personally should know. I do fancy some jazz music, a little Yaz flute, and I like Zelda. So why not? Um, you know, I'm, I've got some birthday money sitting around, so maybe I will. Uh, I'll pick up Triforce Heroes and I give my impressions on it. Uh, Sometime down the road, but right now let's go to uh, the movie news. Uh, starting off with uh, some more Star Wars talk. This is going to The Force Awakens and about Netflix and streaming, but not in the United States, only in Canada. Now, how? Now that's kind of interesting. This is a Polygon article that's reporting on something that Variety has stated that uh, Netflix won't be streaming in the United States thanks to the terms of an exclusive pact between Disney and Stars, which is a premium uh, cable network which covers Disney movies released through the end of 2015. Uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens launch is just 13 days short of that deadline. So uh, that means if you want to sh- uh, stream The Force Awakens here in the States, you'll need a subscription to Stars because they're going to have the exclusivity rights until much further down in syndication. Um, looks like Netflix told Variety that they get The Force Awakens eight months after it leaves theaters. So there you go. Um, Netflix does have a deal with Disney to stream movies, but that begins in 2016, so you're not going to get to see that until, you know, movies that are released in 2016. So uh, I wonder if they can work some deal out and they can just throw money at it, but I feel like Star Wars fans are like the type of people that are going to buy things, so um, they're, not a whole lot of people are probably going to be sitting around waiting to stream this. They're going to own it on Blu-ray, and then when a box set comes out of a new trilogy, they're going to buy that and so on and so forth. Um, popcorn time. It's still around. We've talked about this before. It's a way, a much easier way to access torn inversions of films. And a, a, this young programmer, where was he at? Um, gosh, I don't remember now. Um, all right, let's start here. So, it's been shut down already because it just refuses to die. It always pops up. But Popcorn Time was a simple idea. Give people an app that looked like Netflix but streamed BitTorrent files or part of the movies. While it's obviously illegal and quickly shut down, a clone version would just pop and replace it in another, etc., etc. So uh, most recently I know it was a young uh, young hacker in, uh, in Europe had created a version and then got a bunch of cease and desist and then moved the servers and then finally just admitted defeat and pulled it down. And then I saw all of a sudden another one had gone up. And this is where... Uh, before it was like an app, but this was this was an actual web version of the uh, of the site that this kid had had developed and coded. So um, I've never personally used it. I can't comment on it. I'm not going to show you how to get to it, but that just means it exists. So it's it's interesting in this day and age though, that something like this still uh, can still happen. But let's go here. These are all these updates here. Um, let's start at the bottom. Update 1. Netflix's piracy server Popcorn Time is a real competitor. Update 2. Piracy app Popcorn Time sneaks onto iPhones and iPads. Apple hasn't improved that, but you can still install it. Uh, these are all... That was seven months ago. Six months ago, piracy app Popcorn Time is blocked in the UK. Four months ago, Popcorn Time is now popular, more popular than Popcorn. Two months ago, explaining how Popcorn Time works can get you arrested in Denmark. Two months ago, a studio is suing Popcorn Time users for illegally downloading a Pierce Brosnan movie. Popcorn Time's creator wanted to make a streaming service for his mom. Uh, seven days ago, Popcorn Time for your browser makes illegal movie streaming even easier. Use a 15-year-old Serbian program. There you go. 
Uh, six, day, six days ago, Popcorn Time from the web moves domain after apparent MPAA shutdown. Popcorn Time for the web shuts down. Five days ago, Popcorn Time for the web returns with a new developer. Three days ago, piracy server Popcorn Time now has a legal alternative called Butter. Uh, three days ago as well, a brief history of Popcorn Time, the piracy service everyone's watching. And then uh, 15 hours ago, the most popular Popcorn Time fork has been shut down. So... Uh, just like the Pirate Bay, it just keeps going and going. I just find that interesting. Uh, and our last bit of movies and TV news, uh, Jessica Jones. We got that first full trailer that was released on, on uh, the 23rd. Uh, Jessica Jones, for those unaware, is the new uh, next Marvel series coming out. We had Daredevil, we have Jessica Jones, and... Um, yeah, eventually we'll have Luke Cage. So I, I haven't watched it yet with sound. I first watched it at work, and you can tell just by the tone and everything, it, it does seem a lot more darker and more, um, like, darker themes than what Daredevil covered. Um, and I'm not too familiar with, like, the, the character of Jessica Jones, but, it, you know, it, she was a superhero, and she's kind of gotten out. She's gone through a lot of trauma. Gone, she's dealing with a lot of things, and she's not a superhero anymore. She's, like, a detective, an investigator. And, yeah, we've got some things going on. So I can't wait to watch it. Uh, Luke Cage is in this series. Uh, and the big thing is, you know, the main villain is played by David Tennant of Doctor Who fame. So I know that's got a lot of people excited. Um, let me see. November 22nd. So we got less than a month for it to hit Netflix. I'm definitely looking forward to watching it. And, um, yeah, uh, Jessica Jones is played by uh, Kristen Ritter. I haven't seen her personally thing. I know she was on that short-lived uh, sitcom, uh, what, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 or something like that. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, I will post the YouTube link to the trailer uh, right up in the show notes when those go live on the site. And I've got, oddly enough, a couple of pieces of tech news here. Uh, starting out, uh, this is going to break a lot of hearts. Um, bacon. It's official. Bacon, hot dogs, and other processed meat cause cancer. Hamburgers probably do too, the WHO announced. So um, I immediately had to go to the comments after this, and people it was a combination of, well, still worth eating. And then, what can you eat anymore? And sorry, bacon stays. There's only one thing better than bacon and bacon on a stick. Today I learned cancer is delicious. Um, and that's the thing. It's like, what can you do anymore that doesn't cause cancer or kill you? And apparently that's nothing. So. After years of research, hundreds of studies finding links between eating certain meats and cancers, health experts have finally broken out the branding irons. Uh, Sizzling announcement, the Internal Agency for Research on Cancer officially marked processed meats such as bacon, hot dogs, and sausages as carcinogenic to humans, a Group 1 designation. Uh, The agency and arm of World Health Organization also classified red meat such as beef, pork, and lamb as as probably carcinogenic to humans, a Group 2A grade. Uh, I am not a health expert. I am not anyone classified to comment on the thing, but, uh, you know, you probably, you need moderation. I mean, if you're going to eat a good crap ton of bacon all the time, it probably will kill you. Um, so the study, uh, uh, let's see, among sporting evidence, the panel cited a 2000 meta, 2011 meta-analysis, which concluded that every additional 50 grams of processed meat eaten daily raises a person's relative risk of colorectal cancer by 18%. Uh, a study also found that every additional 100 grams of red meat eaten daily increased the relative risk of colorectal cancer by 17%. 
Um, just interesting. We live in Grand Rapids. We have a convention called BayCon. So there you go. We, I, it blows my mind. And lastly, NASA has a super rocket. It's a concept for NASA's monster rocket. It's passed its critical tests, and it's getting an updated look. So uh, this is NASA's future monster rocket. It's dubbed the Space Launch System, the SLS. Um, and it's passed its last critical design review. That means that NASA has found that the vehicle's specifications hold up, and the agency has deemed the design capable of launching into space. Now engineers can begin the process of building and assembling the rocket to get ready for its next major review, which will take place in 2017, and that test will determine how well the manufactured rocket matches up to its original design. Um, I'm not certain... uh, Let's see here... This is the upgraded look, and let's see. They, they hope to use the SLS to transport astronauts beyond lower Earth orbit into deep space. Um, the idea is for the vehicle to take humans near the moon in 2020 and then to the surface of Mars in the 2030s. Up to four people ride in the SLS inside NASA's Orion crew vehicle, which is designed to sit on top of the rocket in the upper, its upper stage. The Orion spacecraft is currently under development at NASA and underwent its own critical design review in August. So it's this massive launching rocket to shoot us further into space faster. Um, you know, coming from a sci-fi background, you would think, too, that we're really going to have to develop some alternative form of fuel or, or stasis or travel before we can actually see deep space exploration. Because you only can get, it seems like it's like a law of diminishing return. You only can keep building bigger and bigger rockets to launch us, you know, because the fuel is still going to burn out. The problem with a bigger rocket, you need bigger fuel tanks, and I feel like that would be a higher risk for something to go wrong. I don't know. It's cool, though, that that's these things are happening. And that is the last news item of the day. All right, let's uh, round up this abbreviated solo episode with uh, some community grab bag. So last week, you know, we were definitely in a tizzy with the episode seven trailer. So we did make that our question. You know, want to know, did you get Star Wars tickets? Did you watch the trailer? What are your thoughts? We did get a couple answers uh, starting off uh, from Good for Gaming thoughts i want to watch it right now okay let's do it come back to the show in three minutes all right so we watched the trailer <laughs> moving on uh, graham at g hammocks 14 trailers can make a bad film look great hashtag just saying very good point graham uh, i believe people still say how awesome the trailer for episode one the phantom menace looked and look what we got and it's true trailers can be very deceiving. They can be used simply as a marketing ploy. I mean, you get some shots in a trailer that may not even make it into the final cut of films, or we've got things like uh, uh, Terminator Genesis, where the, the trailers showed the entire freaking plot of the movie. Luckily, I don't think we're getting that with Force Awakens. Um, I don't want to be fanboy here, but I'm trying to... I'm very... I'm past the point of cautiously, cautiously optimistic. I'm very like full on optimistic for this film, but Graham has a very good point. Uh, I also had some Twitter conversation. He wanted to clarify for his very abrupt answer. Apologize for his very abrupt answer when it came to Battlefront uh, last week, which you might remember as a resounding no. Uh, oh, it's all in good fun, Graham. You are a cheeky Nando, and forever will be. Uh, Nathan at Sith Nightmare. Did I watch the Star Wars trailer? Yes. What did I think? Can't talk. Gotta go watch the trailer again. It's been a minute. I'm listening to uh, the most recent episode of his show, uh, That's Entertaining, and there, him and his co-host Alex are, are talking about 
the trailer too and the tickets and it's uh, everyone's in a frenzy. I love it. Uh, we did have a question uh, coming from Dave, Mr. Robopig, um, and related to our same question. Um, Flexibos, I'm not up on the story. Are Jedi's mythical creatures at that time? And regarding the, the question asked in the trailer. Um, and I feel like there's been a couple, I've listened to different people talk about that, and I, there's two kind of, I'm going to say, schools of thought on this. And like number one is, well, Finn has been in with uh, the First Order, so I don't know what, you know, he's been propaganda. They've been fed, you know, as him being a soldier for them. But Ray is on Jakku, which appears to be, you know, like an outer rim, outer world territory. And it, well, as we see in Star Wars sometimes, even though with the technology, the news travels really slow out there or things just don't make it out there. So is, is it the case that just because they're out there on the outer rim, you know, it, is it possible that they've never heard of Jedi still or things aren't getting... You know, the stories just don't travel, you know, or is is that the case too? And in like the 30 years that's happened, you know, uh, we know that, you know, Vader and Palpatine destroyed most of the Jedi, what was left. They were the only two Sith. They're both gone now. To this point, we don't know of any active Sith that have taken place. And for all, for what we do know, like Luke was the only quote unquote Jedi and we we have no idea what he's been up to. So... Um, has that, you know, faded from the public uh, mindset? Do they, you know, have no idea what they are? And and that's why people are still commenting, too, on, like, what we see this transformation in, in Han Solo because, you know, in the original trilogy, he's very much, you know, it's a hokey religion, and, you know, as long as I've got a good blast around my side, I don't need any of that, those tricks. And But then all of a sudden, you know, we hear him saying, you know, it's true, all of it, the Sith and the Jedi, you know, you can see that he's like, I've seen some serious shit and I, it's the story is everything's true. So I really want to know the more context behind that. So in a way, I'm going to say, yeah, Jedi's, they are like a unicorn, so to speak. You know, people, they just don't see that on a, you know, regularly or know what to expect. So that's, uh, contact content wise folks. That's all I've got for you. Um, I do have a question. Uh, I want to, out for you all for this week since we are coming right up on Halloween why not make it a Halloween themed question and I want to know from your childhood what was your absolute favorite costume that you ever had as a kid um, send us a comment on Twitter or tweet us on Twitter you can comment on our post on the website go on Facebook uh, let us know I'm curious I, I, I'll share mine on the next show I've got a few ideas here and uh, we'll go from there closing out i don't have anything i i'd like to add um you know when i when we lock in the date for the matchup with uh everyday gamers uh, i will let you know i'll probably will stream it on my twitch channel uh twitch.tv slash flux a f-l-u-x-a-y and uh yeah we'll rock and roll from there thank you so much for uh bearing with me hopefully i didn't uh, bore you too much with uh just hearing my voice for 40 minutes and uh come back here next week we'll recap uh another week in review some news all the other good stuff you can expect and maybe even lucas will be here this time so again thank you so much for listening and we'll see you then